Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to December and another episode of Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Shawnee. What up, Shawnee? Hey, Bridget. How you doing, girl? I am doing just fine. We set up our Christmas tree. I'm ready to get into the season. But before we do, we have the last book of our down-home boys, Fakers, by Lucy Lennox and May Archer today. I love Lucy Lennox and May Archer. They are just the cutest. If you... Uh, Dear listeners, if you didn't hear our interview with them, please listen to it. They are so much fun, and they, like, finish each other's sentences. Yeah, it was a great interview. Super interesting about how they write back and forth as a duo, how they split up their books, how they really thought they were just going to write one quick novella together that has quickly turned into a series of books, happily for all of us. In other news, in Romance at a Glance land... We are having some spectacular giveaways in December this year. We have had some great donations from our authors. So make sure you head over to Romance at a Glance on Instagram to enter into those giveaways. And Shawnee's gorgeous coloring book she made is available. Yes, you have to check it out. It's doing super well. I'm so excited that you guys love it as much as we do. And it's so cute. I mean, what's not to love about chibis? Guys, it is unbelievably adorable. If you're on Instagram, head to our our bio. There's a direct link to buy it. Or you can head to our website, Romance at a Glance, to find the delightful Color Me Romance. And remember, while we did make it with all of you in mind, it is also all ages appropriate. So feel free to get it for your niece, your nephew, your sister, your brother, your kids, your friend's kids, and yourself. Anything to keep everyone entertained this COVID Christmas season. Absolutely. Guys, I am super excited to hear Shawnee's take on Fakers. Uh, This is a contemporary male-male romance, and I have a feeling that she's going to like it. But I wonder how hard the feels hit her, because Shawnee... You know, she loves the steamy, steamy goodness. And then sometimes these books creep up on Shani and they get her in the fields. And I feel like this might be a book that gets her in the fields. So I'm excited to check it out. <laughs> All right, Bridget, let's get it popping. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What'd you say that? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. All right, all right, Bridget, let's do this. So we are doing Fakers by Lucy Lennox and May Archer, book numero uno of the Licking Thicket series. Book number two, Liars, is out now. Uh, Spoiler, I already read it. There will be a mini review on Patreon about that. And book number three is coming out next year, pretty early in the year, if I remember correctly, on February 28th, 2021. Guys, it is hilarious how fast he wrote these books. You have to listen to the interview with them because they're like, yeah, we were going to just write one thing. And then they've like cranked out three books in like six months. Anywho, this is a contemporary male, male romance. And Shani, what did you think about this cover? So I actually really like this cover. Uh, I think it's kind of cute. He looks like really cheeky because he's holding his mouth and he looks like he's holding like a little secret or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then there's a barn door. It kind of lends itself to my lumber sexualness. He looks like he's mm-hmm. good with his hands and an axe. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. He's got muscles. He's got the bracelets on, which is like lending a little. I think he's definitely got the mischievous glint. Mm-hmm. I I like this cover. Yeah. I'm with you. I like this cover I'm with too. You. I mean, there's only so much you can do with a hot guy on a cover. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they did. What, I think they did it. Yeah, I think they did I think it. They did what they yeah, could. <laughs> you know, I hardly guys are always seen to me like when they're on the cover, they're supposed to be like super powerful and super strong, and they're trying to be like yeah. as most like the most machismo you can have. 
you know, oozing yeah. through a cover. And I like this because sure. I don't I don't feel this way. I mean, you definitely feel the the like manliness of this dude, but also like the curiosity and fun and whatever. So I feel like they nailed yeah. it. I think it also really, the reason I picked this book, not only was it recommended by some Instagram friends, what up peeps, but it also, uh, in the description, if you guys remember, this is why I picked it, because it had this line, especially when he pushes you up against a rough barn wall to check you very thoroughly for splinters. And I was like, oh shit, oh shit. And then they had the barn door in the cover and I was like, sold. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know no more things about this book. I am... Ready. I am ready. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I was I was super into it. I, I like that all the covers uh so we're are gonna have like the guy like covering their mouth a little bit in some way, mm-hmm. which I think is just kind of a cool thing to sort of bring them all together, even though they'll be different people. I think that's kind of fun. Yeah, I like that. I do like a through thread. <laughs> I like a through line, Shawnee. I like a good through line. <laughs> okay. You ready for this synopsis coming the, at you? Give me the synopsis, Bridge. Okay. So Brooks Johnson is from Licking Thicket, Tennessee. Guys, before I get into the snobs, I just want to say that the puns about this town's name and the festival were so funny. I enjoyed it throughout the book. Anywho, Brooks Johnson is a high-powered VP of advertising and marketing in New York City. But alas, he has not been home for 10 years when he ran from his small licking thicket Tennessee town for the big, big city where he could be himself and come out the day he left or the day before he left as a gay man. But he's got to go home because his daddy is having some health problems and he has to be the head licker. That's right. You heard me right. The head licker at the licking (laughs) thicket town. What is the festival thing called? At the festival. At the Licking Thicket Festival. And his parents don't quite believe that he's gay. And so he decides to bring home a fake boyfriend, Paul, his co-worker, as backup. Don't be surprised when his ex-girlfriend from high school, whose heart he broke, comes home with in comes home with a fake boyfriend of her own. And this fake boyfriend is gay. So now we have a fake straight boyfriend and a fake gay boyfriend. <laughs> And they're going to do a little swapsies so that the right partners can be with the right partners. And they're going to fall in love. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler. <laughs> I, first off, this, I thought this was, Tell me. First off. Tell me. Uh, this, I do love the dirtiness, like the innuendos in this book. I thought that was really fun uh, to play with. And like... You know, when you say, like, you don't know if I'm going to get in my feels or not. Like, the town itself, like, I yeah. I love a cast of characters. I love yes. a nosy town. I love people who are just, you know, because, like, that feels like home. That feels like family when people are in yeah. your business for no damn reason. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I read some reviews when they were like, why Why would somebody do that? And I would be like, because they nosy as hell. Like, that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I think that because they're fishing, they're all fishing for information all the time. I love exactly. it. exactly. And you know, I I did read this one review that was like um, something like you know his parents don't believe he's gay or they don't real you know they they put quotations. The mom puts quotations every time they're like mm-hmm. he's gay, you know, and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and they're like 
you know, this book is so problematic. The mom doesn't believe him. I, I feel the whatever. But I'm like, this is real life. There are a lot of parents yeah. who will not acknowledge that their kids yeah, 100%. Are, are different in some way um, and or who are gay or that sort it's, of thing. Yeah, especially people who are from small towns who are of our parents or grandparents' generations who maybe never met an out gay person in their whole life. And, like, like I don't think my dad, he's a person like this, he doesn't believe someone's gay unless they're flamboyant, right? Mm. So, mm-hmm. like, that, there's, like, a disconnect in his brain about this, you know? He's Costa Rican, sure. and they have, they have a different sense of what masculinity is. And so... It makes perfect sense to me that his mom is like, okay, well, we can just find him a nice girl and that'll turn him back, you know? (laughs) Yes, yes. I mean, and that is honestly, in a sad way, that is what happened in their generation and their parents' generation is that those people weren't allowed to be themselves for the most part. And so they, a lot of times, did have to find someone and settle down into a more, like, a heteronormative life to protect themselves. And it kind Which of perpetuates I, like the cycle that right. you can turn back. It's like no, you can't turn sure. back. We just we just give up fighting because yeah, you know exactly. our lives depend on it. <laughs> I really, you know what I liked. So I I totally agree with you. I think the town was awesome. I loved the characters. I thought that they did a good job of making them like a whole people and not just like little caricatures. Like I felt like all the people were, um, you know, like definitely zany, but not without some layers. Yeah. And, I liked that they explained when he came back and he was surprised about the diversity and surprised about everyone's openness. I liked that there was a reason. It wasn't just like magically this town of 5,000 like changed their ways by themselves. It was like, oh, a big tech company moved in nearby. So we've had an influx of young people and like young sort of like young families and different people of different colors and genders and orientations and all this stuff. And so that had made their town more progressive because over the last 10 years they had like exposure to all of that, which I, I really enjoyed because otherwise I think it would have been just unbelievable for me if all of a sudden (laughs) 10 years later with a snap of a finger and no reason, they're all just better people or not better, but like more open and less bigoted. Yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so I was happy about that. Yeah, I mean, and I do agree with you. For the most part, there was there were some that uh, characters that I didn't feel like were um, didn't have much depth. But uh, for the most part, I like the idea of them making characters that you that were kind of problematic, but also you could mm-hmm. love. And it just feels like yeah. your, it feels like your uncle. You're like, I love you, but you're kind of problematic. <laughs> Yeah. What did you think about Ava having a gay best friend who they both describe each other as being like their person? And she like does she also does like the air quotes around Brooks being gay. You know, she's like Honestly. and he's like, Why don't you believe him? What are you ta-? and I like that when Mal met him. Sorry to jump ahead of my question to you, which yeah. you can answer in your own time, Johnny. But I like that Mal's like, no, Ava, he's gay. He is a gay man. Yeah. I can tell you right now, that man is gay. And she's like, okay, fine. <laughs> well, it's weird because I, in general, I don't necessarily understand Ava and Mal's friendship. Like, I know they gave it some backstory, but to me, Ava is so vapid. And the, mm. she's also one of those characters that doesn't have much depth to me at all. Like, she she feels mm-hmm. like the... 
she feels like that one-dimensional villain for me in this story. Um, they try to give That's her so redemption as it goes on, um, mm-hmm. but it feels super contrived. Like Ava was a miss, like a hard miss for me as a character in this book. Interesting. I wonder if that was the narration because while I did feel like her character was the least likable of the four, certainly for me, I also feel like she quickly, once she got there, because she forgives Brooks and they have a conversation about it like pretty early on. I would say it's like 30% into the book or something. or Like it's pretty early in the book where she's like, you know, they have their talk. And even, you know, when they go to the bar and they're with all of their high school friends and the high school friends are playing truth or dare and they're like, oh my God, who kissed in this place? Who kissed in this place? And he leaves because he's like very uncomfortable. And Mal comes by to comfort Brooks. And he's like, oh, you don't have to worry. Ava's already reading them the riot act and like shouting at all of them for. And he's like, oh, so I don't know. I didn't I honestly didn't get that sense that she was that vapid. It was more like she was um just one of those people who's kind of like mentally self-involved and also just like, a, no, come on, you're going to do this with me. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Mentally like self-involved. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on. No, I want you to move with me. No, I want you to be my best friend. No, I want to do this. Isn't Paul so romantic? I, I don't know. I didn't think she was, she did not grate on my nerves, that's for sure. Oh, she grated on my nerves. Also, like, I mean, it speaks to her character in general. She starts off the book uh, pregnant from a random dude that she fucked at a music festival, no protection, yeah. right next yeah. to her best friend on a blanket. I mean, she really yep. sets the tone here. And then yeah. and then she's like, okay, now you're going to pretend to be my boyfriend, who's the baby daddy, mm-hmm. when we go back home, because right. I don't want to go home pregnant. Also, I am still have this awkwardness 10 years later. I mean, when, I, when my 10-year reunion from high school rolled around, Bridget, I didn't remember anyone. Like, I was looking at the Facebook group, (laughs) and I was like, and they were like, it's going to be $75, you know, for this reunion for everybody to get together. I was like, $75 for all these faces I do not remember? No, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. I think it, how big was your school, though? I don't know, like, my graduating class, maybe, our whole school was like 3,000, so. Yeah, so that's different, though, because imagine if your graduating class was 50. Like, you would have known all 50 of those people backwards and forwards, like, throughout your life. I mean, or 100. You're not wrong. I think it's— My middle—my my elementary school class, I remember, was only 11 kids. Like, when I graduated, like, sixth grade, it was, like, a, there was 11 of us, and it was a dual class. It was, like, a fifth and sixth uh-huh. or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not wrong, I, but I still don't remember those people either. Because I— <laughs> I think if you imagine, like, if you think about the town and how nosy they all are, and then imagine an 18-year-old girl who thinks her boyfriend's about to propose, and then he says out loud in front of the whole town, who are not necessarily open community at this time, I'm gay, and he breaks up with you (laughs) on stage in front of the whole town, but your expectation was that you guys were going to get married and have babies and live a happily ever after— um, and then she didn't see him because the big, I think the other thing is like both of them ran away from the town for 10 years. Yeah. So not only did they not see each other, but they didn't see the town either. And so that for me, I, I didn't actually mind that she was still holding the grudge just because there, she never gave herself an opportunity to 
like forgive it. And he like she allowed that event to like cloud the narrative of her life. Yeah. So I understand that because I know lots of people who keep grudges for like a long time. I think it's crazy. I don't do that. But I know lots of people who do. (laughs) I can also distinctly remember like my first love, you know? Yeah. Like my first loves, you know, I've had many of them throughout my time. You can can, always can have more than one first love. But like, I remember those and I thankfully never had anyone like shatter my heart like that. But I remember like those feelings of like everything's so intense when you're that young. And so I can imagine that if I had had my heart broken like that publicly with like the humiliation mixed into the heartbreak, mixed into the small town, I think 10 years later, I'd still think about that person and be like, fuck that fool. (laughs) 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 I think it's interesting that they both come with fake uh, partners. I liked that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that I've ever read a book where it's too fake. Like I've read lots of ones where the f- it's fake dating and then they fall in love. That's a very normal trope. Yeah. But I don't know that I've ever read a book where two people are fake dating and then they swap partners. They they like swap partners. Yeah. I liked that. Yeah. I actually I mean I don't know if I liked it. I I don't know if I needed Paul and Ava to get together. One because I I didn't connect with Ava, but I also didn't connect mm. with Paul. So like, mm. you know what I mean? I I felt like both of their characters were like, meh. So like the love story for them, nah, I was not invested whatsoever in their mm. in their situation. Also, I was yep. like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if it's just me, but I'm like, it kind of worries me when like she's pregnant, she's having a baby, Paul falls instantly in love, and they try to make sure. it seem like, oh, well, he loves kids. So, you know, that's sure. why it's not a problem. And I'm sure this happens in real life, you know, like, I don't know, point zero three percent of the time. Um but like, I don't know. It uh, it always worries me a little bit. I'm like, what what's what is the motivation here? What? <laughs> I don't. Th- I <laughs> you're so cynical. Sean. I am so <laughs> cynical, Brittany. You have no idea. <laughs> I, that doesn't bother me at all. I feel like because like I would fall in love with the person, and like there's not even a baby yet, so it's not even like he hates her kid, but he loves her. Yeah, it's a it's an infant. It's gonna be his kid. I didn't. That didn't bother me at all. Now, I actually didn't bother there. I didn't, I was not super invested in their romance. However, I was also not bothered by it because A, it didn't take up very much of the story at all. That was a good thing. They didn't, yeah. we never went into their perspectives. We never got to see their courtship. We, it was just like, you got little moments and you knew they were together, but it didn't ever get invested in, which I thought was great. Um I also am happy about it because I didn't really want to read a book about them. No. Like a full book. Yeah. And so I was happy that they became like just secondary characters of the world versus being um, like, oh, this is going to be the next role. Like, because I feel like most authors would have set it up that they're going to be the second book's romance. And I was happy that they just, like, tied up both bows at the end. I agree, because, like, I definitely would not want to read a book about them. But, and I do, and I am happy that they didn't make them a big, make it a big plot point in this book. Right. You know, so it didn't really, you know, take away. Also, it, like, it didn't add anything to me that they 
you know, got together. Right. Um, right. But <laughs> but it does it does make me laugh that like the town is kind of like Ava is turning people gay. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> I I you know what I was happy about is that they. So, you know, I don't like in books when people lie to other people for like the whole book and it all gets resolved in the last like 10 pages. Yeah. I was really happy that at least the four main characters knew pretty quick that they weren't actually dating each other. Yeah. So like Brooks and Mal admit that they're actually fake dating the other people really early in the book. Yeah. So it didn't get in the way of me like cheering for them. Because I was a little worried, oh, only one of them is going to say they're fake dating and then it's going to be this whole thing because then it feels like they're cheating. And it feels deceitful, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I don't want that. And it wasn't that at all. They quickly were like, nope, that's fake. And (laughs) I like you and you're great. And I was like, hooray. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I like that a lot. I also liked how... um, (laughs) Uh, Brooks took his job as the head liquor, you know, yeah. seriously. <laughs> so serious. Head, he didn't want to come back, but once he was the head liquor, he was just yeah, just doing it all, licking it all, you know? I think where I got um, the feels in this book was definitely yeah. between Brooks and Mal, uh, but also between, like, Brooks and the town itself. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. actually was really interesting to me and fun and goofy and crazy and, you know. Yeah. I So I thought their courtship was really fun. I thought it was very, they were just very sweet. So like Brooks, once he meets Mal, is like, I just want to be around him. He's so great. And one of, one of the quotes was, they have this festival and Mal is an artist. And so they set up a booth for him. And he brings Mal lunch because Mal's busy like selling stuff. And Mal's like, oh, how much do I owe you? And he's like, nothing. It's no, nothing. Jesus, I bought you lunch because clamps his lips shut and shook his head because he looks everywhere but at me. Anyway, I probably should go. (laughs) Here's my cell phone number if you need anything. Just text me, okay? And I just thought like, he was so cute throughout the book where he's just like, like, no, I'm just doing this because I like you, bro. I just like you. I want to be around you and do nice things for you. And Mal's like, what is going on? Um, <laughs> There's nothing better than that feeling. I'm not sure if I, I told you this or I said it on the podcast, but I think I told you once there was a chef who really liked me. And we were uh-huh. at, like, he was a really big deal in, like, the South Beach Wine and Food Festival. And, um, uh-huh. and he... I was walking up to his booth. I was volunteering. So I was like in my staff uniform or whatever. He is serving yeah. all the rich ass people who have bought tickets to this place. And it's like some shrimp thing on a thing and whatever. And he sees me walking up and I swear to God, he just skipped all these people waiting <laughs> and like runs over to me with this perfect little canopy of shrimp and shit. <laughs> and whatever hands it to me. And I was like, he gets me. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like the cutest and sweetest. But I thought of yeah. that in that scene. I was just like, oh, that is so sweet. <laughs> yeah. I thought the sweetness and the sexiness was really a good mixture. Cause you have that like juxtaposed with Mal and him hooking up under the bleachers and Mal thinking in his mind, like, am I trying to you know, resurrect my high school and actually get to fuck the quarterback. And he's like, yep, I am not mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
I loved it. And then they're just like, you know, under the bleachers, like so, so horny and excited and um, like just talking some dirty talk. <laughs> and then we discover that Mal has a piercing in his taint. Yes. And Shawnee, I feel that we must discuss this on the podcast I in mean, depth. Uh, where else would we discuss? This? We have to discuss this with our people. <laughs> I would like you, if you have a piercing in your taint and or know someone who does, to please go on Instagram and comment on the post about this episode. Because my feelings are that I would never do that. And it seems incredibly painful place to get a piercing. Um, however... He did like having it played with. So maybe once it's there, it's like in the nerves in a good way. I don't know, Shawnee. That part for me was tough. Well, okay. So (laughs) one, I was not expecting Mel to have a piercing on his taint. But I don't want to judge a book by, you know, his cover. Like, I'm just like, okay, he likes taint piercings. Um, And the one thing I've learned in kink <laughs> is that everyone's relationship to pain is different, right? Sure. So I didn't discover until I was an adult that my skin registers sensation very differently than my sister's does. We were sitting having this conversation and she would always rub me really soft, like real gentle. And I and one day, like I just let her do it because she's my older sister and I never wanted to tell her to stop. One day I was like, I don't like that. Like, I really, it really irritates me to the point of, like, anger or whatever. And she's like, really? (laughs) And I was like, yes. I hate soft touch. It has to be. I need to firmly feel the weight of your hand if you're, like, rubbing me. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's like, my daughter is the same way. She said, like, her her daughter is exactly the same way. She does not like soft touch. I was like, yeah, it is rage-inducing or whatever. I was like, my skin has no give. Like, so, like... You, my partners, I didn't realize this till I touched his skin. He like pulls it up and it's like pulls away from his arm. My skin, uh-huh. you can't pull it anywhere. It is firmly in place, doesn't stretch very much. So like I started act- actively thinking about how people's different skin and sensation like plays on like how you like to be touched sexually or intimately or that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And one of my, uh, one of my friends came over and she, uh, I was telling her how I knew my partner was kinky because he has like 10 piercings. And that, that's how I, I kind of slyly asked like, hey, you know, like I'm taking these kink classes. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm kinky, too. And I was like, OK, great. Let's talk about this. Um but he had all these piercings, and so I was telling her this story, and she's like, I want to hate you and disagree with you, but I have, like, a bunch of piercings, and my nipples pierced and whatever, and I'm kinky. And <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> she's like, I fundamentally want to disagree with you. Um, but she was also telling me about her, the difference in relation to pain that she has. Like, so uh-huh. a taint piercing, you know, if your body registers pain as pleasure, then... I mean, that sure. could be the optimal location, sure. you know, especially because it's going to rub against stuff, you know, while, yeah. you're, while you're doing stuff, just a little but like, peekaboo. How could you do your day? Because let's say that's the truth. If you're a man, you have, you know, some sort of boxer brief, perhaps. But like your taint is right near your balls and your penis and you do your day very delicately Bridget I was gonna say like you're (laughs) sitting 
Like, I feel like I would, like, if I felt, like, if I, for instance, even though I'm not a man and I don't have a penis or testicles, if I had a piercing on my taint and I registered that as pleasure, I, how would you get through your day? How would you get through your day? Shani, I know you think this too, but like you sit in a chair in a funny way in jeans that are tight and you're like, oh shit, it's about to pop off in my face. I hated like, having a belly button ring. Like I hated it. You couldn't go on a slip and slide. You couldn't have a shirt that, that would pull. <laughs> People couldn't tickle you or it'd get pulled. It got infected. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and then it's like right near your butt. So it's like you'd have to be so careful about cleaning it every day. Anything like perineum, any, I just, yeah. I, don't, I don't like things down there. And, and I learned yeah. long ago because, you know, I have, I've had so many health issues, right? So yes. my motto is, and this is not a judgment for other people, but my own motto is if it ain't yeah. broke, don't try to fix it. Don't try to pierce it. If my body works right now, I'm not piercing nothing. I'm not changing nothing. I'm trying to keep it stable. Because I, I, I do want to get a second piercing in my ear, though. I've always wanted to get one of those. Like, I always wanted those top cartilage piercings. You know what I did? I went on I Amazon. Think- I bought a $10 faux one. It just clips onto the top of your ear. Bam. That's the end. Like... <laughs> Just like, I don't want no scars. I don't want no reason for things to hurt anymore. I, if it ain't broke, yeah. this body, if this body ain't broke, I ain't trying to do nothing so to funny. it. So <laughs> funny. Well, okay. So I'm going to read you guys. I'm going to step into Bridget's sexy corner and I'm going to read you a little bit of this scene because I do think uh, our reaction to the taint ring is definitely not Brooks's reaction. Bridget's sexy corner. Ow, ow. Here it comes. Okay, so Brooks is saying this to Mal to start with. I'm going to go down on my knees for you. I said in a low voice right into his ear, going to suck your dick right here where anyone could catch us. Anyone could walk right up. So then he discovers the taint as they're both like jerking each other off and kissing. And they both, (laughs) Brooks basically immediately comes all over when he discovers this. (laughs) And afterwards, he looks really embarrassed and Mal is worried that he's like regrets it. And so Brooks glanced up at me from under his eyelashes. He looked embarrassed. I'm sorry it came so fast. I wanted to make it good for you. I stared at him, wondering if this was a trick. What? Are you kidding? No, I had all these plans to take it slow and kiss you and feel you. And well, I didn't really mean to hump your leg and then masturbate all over you. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought that was like... Like, this scene was so hot and sexy, and I thought they did so good at, like, bringing it back to what really happens after stuff like that. And it's like, one person, when you're meeting someone and you're, like, having sex for the first time, like, you're all up in your head about what happened and how you felt. Oh, I wanted it to be good for you. And the other person's like, yo, that was hot as fuck. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Uh, And I, I thought they did a really good job of balancing the... The, the cuteness and awkwardness of first sexual encounters with like when they're in it, yeah. they're like in it and it's dirty and it's hot. And then when they come out of it, it's very like awkward and funny and sweet, uh, which I liked. Yeah, I like that a lot, you know. And then, you know, you find a surprise taint ring, then your tongue has something you to play su- with, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's like, ooh, yeah. a wonderland, you know. Shani, can I ask you a question? I mean, ask That which? I've never asked you on this podcast. <laughs> Have you ever given a rim job? Have I ever given a rim job? No. Like like in someone's butt. Okay. So <laughs> the whole of the butt. <laughs> not the not the cheek of the booty. The whole of the booty, Shawnee. Okay, Bridget. Let me I'll, I'll just say so I am a freaky, freaky, kinky ass. You bitch. are. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
But I had a very bad experience with an asshole. I had a bad experience. <laughs> and it has it has left me very uh what's the word? Trepidatious? What's the word I'm trying Scar- to scarred for life. Scarred yeah, for life. It left me scarred <laughs> for life. It's actually like a trigger um at this point, right? So like I'm not I was never like above butt stuff for a dude, you know? Like I'm just like, if you want it, I'll give you what you what makes you feel good. And yeah. I remember one time, so like my partner was like, okay, well, you know, I want uh, oh, so we had what? <laughs> so we had what I call free day, right? So sexually, I wasn't really getting what I needed from him, um, and guys, they, I swear to God, they don't really care. Like, I'm like, are you getting? He's like, yeah, I'm getting what I need, whatever. But I propose this thing, like, let's have a free day, one day where sexually you'll do whatever I want you to do, and then mm-hmm. another day sexually I'll do whatever you want me to do. You know? Sure. Um, in my mind, great idea, right? So I have my day. <laughs> I have my day. I'm like, I'm loving it. I'm telling him exactly what I want to happen. He's doing exactly mm-hmm. what. It was great. His day comes around. And the, the only thing he wanted was he wanted a blowjob. And he wanted me to put my finger in his asshole while I gave him this blowjob. I was like, okay. That's whatever, easy. You know. No problem. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. There were problems. There were problems, Bridget. <laughs> what happened? There were problems. Uh, well, <laughs> in the most delicate tones. Uh, Did he poop on you? He suffered from IBS. Oh, no. <laughs> which I was unclear about uh, ahead of time. And, oh, no. you know, I had the specification that, you know, he cleanse and do some things before we did this. Right. I, and I don't think that he did. So I was like mid blowjob, finger in there. Then I start to get this (gasps) breath full of smell. Uh, (laughs) No. This fucking breath full of smell, Bridget. (laughs) I was just like, oof. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever. And then stuff started to come out. I was like, and scene, and scene, and scene, and scene. And Bridget, I just, I just like. Did you guys break up right after that or did you keep dating? (laughs) No, we did not break up. Oh my I, god! I, I don't know that I. Bridget, I don't know, Sean. I tried. <laughs> I don't know. I listen. I tried. He he was a sweetheart. He was a, he was a, a beautiful sweetheart. But but if someone pooped on my hand, I'd be upset, Sean. <laughs> it wasn't a. It wasn't a. It wasn't like a full poop. It was just a little something. But you know, I have a, an amazing sense of smell. So it was actually yes. the sense of smell that. That locked. while giving a blowjob, I would have vomited. Bridget, <laughs> vomited. And I was trying the gag reflex with this poop smell. First of all, vomited. you have uh, you have not uh, only the gag reflex, but you have a big old dick in your mouth with, that gives its own yeah. gag gag reflex. Yeah, that's what you I'm know, saying. Yeah, the gag. I'm, the talking, gag. I'm talking about the dick gag, the, the double gag, or whatever. Yes. But I just remember it, like, because in my mind, I was I had these two warring things, which is like, oh my god, I'm gonna vomit. And then I don't also I don't want to make my partner feel terrible about what is happening right now. So I just very quickly got up. It was like popped off. Popped I was off. like, I gotta wash my hands. I was like, yeah. I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> Whatever. And I came back. I was like, yeah, so this has to, to end. I don't know what's ha- like happening here. Yeah. But I was trying to be delicate. And I'm not the you know me, I'm not a very delicate person. I'm sure I was no, not, not <laughs> but I was trying oh my God. to be sensitive. And I was like, so what we will never do again is this. Yes. <laughs> so yes. 
Oh my god! And to this to this day, Bridget, I like if I get a waff of something like that, it, <laughs> I mean, it brings it brings me back. It brings it all back. Yes. So it's like I, in general, avoid the asshole, and it's one of those things I've been work. <laughs> it's one of those triggers I've been working my way back up to again because I mean, guys like you put a little finger in their booty hole. That shit is really good for them. Um, but. Like every t- every time I go every time I go to do it, Bridget, it's just like oof, oof, oof. <laughs> okay, so I have never had anyone ask me to lick their asshole or put a finger up there, actually, and that's fine because poop comes out of your butt, and I just don't want to lick it. <laughs> and I and I re- I recognize that people can cleanse and that they can you know, wash and that there's not literally shit all over. However, in my mind, like, I don't know how to disassociate that. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, I just don't know how to, which is not to say that I don't like a toy every now and then. Cause I do. And I recognize that like, it's not like the toys coming out of my own butt are covered in poo. Like I understand but if someone was like, I want you to lick my asshole, I'd be like, woo, I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe in the shower? I don't know. I just don't think I could do it. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who cannot do it. Uh, I think there's probably more people who can't do it than who can do it. Uh, and, yeah. You know, because obviously it is where your shit comes from. So you have to get over that mental block. To me, I yeah. have to get over smells of anything. So, right. So, like, I can't yeah. make out with somebody if their breath is has bad is, breath is, has bad breath but in the reverse guys can make out with me when i clearly have morning breath and they don't smell it but like women have a seven times better sense of smell than guys do so like for me i'm like yo i mean i just ignore it i just ignore it if i they have bad breath i can't in the morning. ignore it it's morning time like or you just do a dice prone bone you do a spoon i like make a prone a spoon bone situation mm-hmm. prone bone mm-hmm. And then that's how you avoid that. Mm-hmm. Get, or you make sure you have a glass of water next to your bed so you take some water to just rinse the mouth. They could rinse yes. and then you could be See, doing the, the kissing. I'm with you because you have a glass of water next to the bed. But a, like a nice little trick I have is I have a very watered down peppermint spray or whatever. And I just uh-huh. do a little spritz right under my nose. Bop, bop. Now all I smell is peppermint. I don't oh, smell the hot-ass nice. breath I can enjoy. I can that's get freaky. Nice. Because morning sex is the best sex. I mean, I don't care what anybody it says. Is. Morning, sex, morning sex, you have energy. You have all these juices yes. from the night that have been flowing. And their dick is so hard from sleeping. So hard. Nobody likes the second so like, the second <laughs> dick. Like, every, no. the first dick, the first cum is the best, hard, nice dick. Second dick is like... True. That one le- yeah, sometimes that leaves you a little bit sore. It's not the one, you know. So the- I do I do want to just circle back to this before we go too far away oh. to say that despite having no interest in licking someone's butt, I enjoy reading about it. Well, yeah. Like, I enjoy the sex scenes. Like, when he walks – okay, so Mal makes a sign for the town. So he's like a found art um, – found object artist so he takes all this cool old stuff from the junkyard and makes this permanent sign for the town because their town sign keeps getting stolen because it's called licking thicket and it's funny and like brooks is so touched and like overcome by emotion he like tracks him down to the barn where he's working and he can barely speak and he's just like i need to i need you i need to be in you basically and Mal is like yes please and he just like throws him up against the wall I love that he had lube in his pocket 
And Mel's like, I like a man who's prepared. And I was like, yes, bring that lube, son. Be prepared. Be- Have a condom and lube. But anyways, I thought I thought that scene was hot. Although I did feel bad for Mal's poor little hands and arms because leaning against a barn wall yeah. uh, and being fucked against it, I think you would have quite a few little cuts and splinters. Yeah, absolutely. I would need a med kit after that. Med kit, but, but yes. And also, worth it. <laughs> worth it. Totally worth it. And great, great <laughs> use of lube in this book. Like, we yes. love when lube. And prep. A and lot prep. of good prep. Mm-hmm. Yes. I yes. enjoyed that. Oh, there was another one where uh, they were in the bed at the cottage because the brother is like, here, use my cottage. Um, and he's like, okay. And he like rolls Mal over and he's like wanted to have sex with him face to face because Mal's always kind of like ducking his head and looking away through the first half of the book. And Brooks is talk, talks about how he wants to, like, look at him and wants to, like, make sure that he's enjoying it. And and I think Brooks was a very sweet character. I liked him. I did, too. I I mean, I thought Brooks and Mal were very sweet. I mean, yeah. Ma- Mal was trying to defend Ava at some point. He's like, she's my homegirl. I think she's hella problematic. But you know what? She's my homegirl. Mm-hmm. Ride or die. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought they were both sweet. I thought their romance was sweet. And I I thought it felt very um, young, you know, in a yes. way, like first love. And yeah. when you when you think about Brooks, they don't really talk about him having all these relationships over the years and things like that. No. So, like, I sort of feel like um, you can have that young love, you know. I, I describe, like, my partnership— with um, my second partner kind of like that. Like I didn't date like everybody did in high school. And so this last partnership felt like a high school. It it, it felt, it felt like a, not like high school, but it felt like a young love. Right. Well, cause one, I was in kink. So I was kind of expressing the way I wanted to like, or whatever. And so it it just had a way different feeling to it. Um, And that's how I felt about Brooks and Mal is that I felt like both of them didn't have an opportunity to really express themselves in a gay relationship with a with a really awesome partner. And so it felt like a yeah. really cute young love. Yeah. And I was here for it. I liked I liked yeah. them. I liked the bubble of them um yes. a lot in this book. And this is so yes. so freaking sweet. I mean, what's that to love about this fucking sweet homeboys, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh my God. You know what funny scene I thought was really funny too, like from the town perspective was Brooks's dad's name is Red Johnson. <laughs> and so he's at towards the end of the book, he's like having a heart to heart with Mal in front of the sign. And oh yeah. Telling him a story. And then he starts cracking dick jokes. And Mal is like, Are you cracking dick jokes? And he's like, son, you don't get through having a name like Red Johnson without cracking some dick jokes. <laughs> just like, it's so great because he's like giving all this fatherly wisdom and basically telling him like I really like you and I accept you for my son. I think you're great. And my son really loves you. And, and that he's also at the same time, like, you know, cracking old, old dad, jo- dad dick jokes. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. I think that was really I, good. I do. Okay. I will quickly mention that there is a through line of Brooks working at this advertising company and them or marketing company and them not, sort of respecting what he adds to the table and they are pitching this big fried chicken company, which is from Tennessee and a lot of things happen, but essentially he ends up winning 
the contract with this chicken company uh, to start his own agency, which is how he ends up at the end of the book moving back to Licking Thicket. Was it? Ava ends up moving back. Wait, was it a chicken company or a sauce company? It's a it's like a fried chicken chain that has their own special sauce. Oh, okay, okay. So they've like a hundred locations. So it's like a fried chicken empire. Got it. Got it. Got with it. with their own sauce that they sell, and so that's how he's able to move back home. Ava decides to move back home because she, after being in the town, realizes she wants to raise her baby there. Paul and Ava fall in love, and so Paul's like, "I'm leaving New York because I want to marry Ava," and so he ends up working with Brooks. And Ava tells Mal, like, I want you to move with me. And I really liked that the idea to move to Licking Thicket and the, like, proposal of it came from her versus from Brooks. Like, I liked that she put the idea in his head and was like, you you know, you're going to be the godfather anyways, and I love you, and, like, you can do your art here and have a big studio, and, you know, you can still have shows all over the country, and we can be together. And he's like basically about to do it and then he starts falling for brooks and gets scared well yeah they have that misunderstanding thing like where he or brooks is going back to new york and mal's like oh well he's just using me or leaving me or whatever so i'm over this and storm you know storms off and leaves and whatever yeah and i mean i wasn't i didn't really like that because you know I didn't, you know, I hate it when they leave Shawnee. Yeah. Lost the whole point. I was like, God damn it. You better not (laughs) ditch this man right now. (laughs) Like, like, especially the way he left. So I actually wouldn't have been mad if both of them had left, but in different circumstances. He just overheard like one thing and blew it. He never went and talked to Brooks. He never tried to like, you know, figure out what was going on. Iron it out. Just got all in his feelings and stormed off and left. So that's a big like, you know. Yeah, losing points for me. Um, But they both did have careers in these big cities. So it would have made sense for me that they were going home either to wrap things up or they were like, hey, you're like, hey, I know you're going back to New York and I'm going back to L.A. This can't work. You know what I mean? But have that conversation and then get to L.A. and decide, no, I really do want this to work or whatever. Oh, I'm going to surprise you at your gallery opening. Look, it's me. I'm here, you know, like, (laughs) or whatever. But yeah, like the whole storm off at the very end. I don't know. It it just felt like the mechanic just to get the separation done. It felt out of character also for Mal, I thought. That he wouldn't, like, talk to him or talk to Ava or, like, that he still wouldn't. Because basically he tells Ava, like, oh, I can't move here now because then it'll feel like I'm moving here for him. And I'm and I'm like, who cares? You're not. You're moving here for, who cares what people think? Like, you're moving <laughs> here for her and for yourself. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, he runs away back to LA, and he's about to have this big art show, which is kind of the reason why he runs away, or part of the reason. And Brooks ends up getting on a plane, and he's going to go to the art show. And then Mal gets a call that read uh, Brooks's dad had a heart attack. So he's running to the airport, and they end up meeting in the airport. Um. I thought it was cute that it, it did endear me the way that like Mal hears Brooks's voice and immediately bursts into tears. Aww. And he's just like, I'm so sorry I left you. Like, how scared. I didn't know what to do. And and then Brooks says something like, I'm sorry I let you leave. Yeah. And I thought that was a nice, like I it I thought it was 
They did do a good job of redeeming the fact that he left, but I still don't like it, Shani. <laughs> I don't like it when people I, just leave. I don't. I apparently have abandonment issues or something because I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it either, Bridget. I'm like, stick it out. Like, I have this motto, and I say it to myself all the time, and like, I, <laughs> my partner just finally asked it. He's like, you always say this. What do you mean, right? So like, when you get together with somebody, you... Like, you want to be, you see all these love stories of people who've been together 20 years, right? But they're at level 10, okay? They've gone through all the things and shit that it takes to get to level 10. You can't meet somebody and have their love story because you haven't made it to level 10, right? For sure. So every time I make a hard decision in my uh, relationship, something that I really have to go against my nature or my instinct to turtle or to turn into myself or to, this is going to hurt, I go... I, I say to myself, Shawnee, you can't get to level two if you don't have this conversation. <laughs> you can't get to level two. And it helps me a lot to to do it. I remember, like, I don't know, the other night I was like, oh, my God, I just want to, like, I want to leave. I want to get in my car. I want to leave. I want to go drive, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, but you'll never get to level two. You'll always just be leaving every time there's a problem. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. So like I remember that's st- some wisdom. That's some Shawnee wisdom right there. You never get to level two if you're always leaving, kids. Girl, so that's I, some Shawnee wisdom. But let me tell you, I stood outside just like, oof, I'm gonna kill this fool. I'm gonna kill. I this mean, fool. I don't just. Dis- I, I always say like, you never. Someone said this to me a long time ago. Like, you never know what's going on in someone else's marriage or relationship. And I that has really stuck with me because. You can only see what they like show you. You only see the outsides of it. So when you see someone who's been married for 25 years or 50 years, you only see the outside of it. You don't see the bad days when they're shouting at each other. You don't see the days or weeks maybe or months maybe, who knows, where they like barely spoke to each other and just like kept their shit together maybe for their kids or because they knew in the long haul. Like you don't see the anger or the resentment or the great, like you don't see, also you don't see the heights of passion and the heights of joy and the like the little small things like remembering their coffee order or whatever the case. Like you only see those, that public facing. And I think, you know, the beautiful thing about a relationship, especially if you are willing to like dig deep and stick it out through the shitty parts is how well you start to know yourself and them is really just like a wonderful gift of it. I mean, because I was just my my aunt just asked me how long have you been married, and I was like, I don't know. I'm thinking like two years, even though my kid's three, and I'm like, I'm that doesn't make sense. <laughs> but we're gonna be married five years this spring, oh, and it's wow. crazy because it's like I know, right? Doesn't it feel like we just got married like yesterday? <laughs> yesterday, um, yeah. yesterday. Uh, but I have a three year old, and I was pregnant, so that's four years right there. It also feels um, like you were pregnant yesterday, like with Kira. It does like, feel like I, feel I, was like I just met you, but but we've known I each know. other a long time. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm so happy to not be pregnant anymore, you guys. So happy to not be pregnant ever again. I, I remember For this those girl- of you who are going to have children soon or having children, mad props to you. For those of you who've already had children, mad props. For those of you who decided not to have children or couldn't for some reason, mad props to you. It's all the circle of life, people. So, <laughs> but so, so this girl came up to me, I don't know, so that must have been a year ago now, and she was like, uh, I knew her and she was like, oh my God, you and your partner, you guys are relationship goals, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I very distinctly remember this moment because me and my partner were going through it. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I'm not going to talk about it on the podcast, but Bridget knows we were going mm-hmm. through it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, 
you know, and trying to figure out, uh, you know, a new, a new normal in the relationship, a new everything. And it it was hard for somebody on the outside to go, oh, hashtag relationship goals. And you're just like, no, sis. Like I've had people say that stuff to me and Leah, like, oh my God, you guys never fight. You like never argue. And I'm like, "Mm." I'm like, not in front of you. We don't, we don't, we don't really fight because it's just like not our communication style. Yeah. I was like, well, we argue. (laughs) I was like, and we disagree a lot about a lot of things, but we also respect each other and come to some sort of compromise and yeah you know make it work and you and you make it work but that i mean and that's yeah. how you, if you want to be a level 10 you gotta start you gotta get you gotta, to level yeah, two start a level one you know what i mean you get to level two people <laughs> you just gotta take a deep breath go back inside right. and get to level two you know but the funny thing about this book when they do when at the at the end right um mm-hmm. i do think it is immeasurably sweet when he just like breaks out la- uh, crying mm-hmm. because then you feel yeah. the release with him you know? yes yes um, which yes. is great. And, uh, you know, I love to see a man cry. So, like, yes. but the funny thing for me was when they meet in the airport and he's like, your dad, you know, and, and Brooks is like, oh, essentially, Brooks is like, he's fine. I just talked to him. He good. He good. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Let's talk about us. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about us. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm moving to look at Thicket. You should do it, too. And Miles like, I want to move, too. Like, we can be happy. And then, of course, they get engaged. Do they get engaged? No, they don't. What happens at the end of this book? You guys, I, I want to confess that I read this book like four weeks ago just because of our recording schedule. Things got a little wonky. Um, I don't remember what happens. Do they get engaged? No. I don't. No, they don't. I don't know. They just decide to move back to Licking Thicket. Yeah. Let, That's what happens. Yeah. So then they decide to move happens. back to Lick and Thicket. <laughs> No, I'm sure that's what happened now. I'm pretty sure. Guys, we're going to take a break. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to let you know in a second. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with our ratings, and I will let you know, indeed, what happens. Hello, best friends. Thank you for being loyal listeners of Romance at a Glance. We're so happy to have you. If you'd like to support us further, head over to Patreon, where you can become one of our patrons. We've got a lot of great perks, such as merch and a super secret discussion group where Bridget and I talk to you directly about all things romance and all things nasty. So come on over. And now, back to our show. Okay, guys, we're back. They didn't get engaged. Thanks for giving me a moment to look that up. It is wonderful. They end up moving back to looking thicker together to be happy forever after. What did you think of our fair hero, Brooks? Uh, So I gave Brooks a four. I really liked Brooks. I thought he was a solid stand-up guy. Uh, I like that he took, you know, even though the town was not respectful of <laughs> his homosexuality um, uh-huh. and kind of, you know, making light of things and made things a little bit awkward and stuff for him, I felt like he handled it with uh, a plum, you know, yes. and um, a plume, a plum. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I, I just liked him. I thought he was very endearing. You know, and I liked how he was with his parents and and in the midst of the town. And I liked the idea of him. uh, They talk about him actually getting to know his town for real this time around, you know, as who he really is. So I thought that was cute. I gave him a five. I really liked that he showed his like real self to Mal and let his guard down. Um, I agree with you 100 percent. I love that he was willing to go home and help and like take over all these responsibilities even though he had mixed feelings about growing up there. Um, I also like that he realized that he loved the town and that 
like they were in on the joke about how silly the name Licking Thicket was. And now as a grown up, he recognized like all the good things about the town because he wasn't he's not the same person anymore because he's out and he is who he is. He's not hiding himself anymore. And they're not the same anymore because they've had this influx of new people and younger ideas and new ideas and new cultures and things like that. So um, I also really liked, even though we did not really talk about this in our review, but I really liked that he stood up to his boss and quit and was like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm out of here. Um, and kept the big client. Yeah. Um, and also I liked that he fucked male real good. I, you know, I like a hero who fucks real good. So real good. He did a good job. <laughs> yeah, he did a good job. Uh, okay. What did you think of Mal? I gave Mal a four. Okay, he got me in the feels train when he made the sign. Even though I knew he was going to make the sign, it still got me in the feels train. Uh, Sign of good writing when I already know it's going to happen and you sneak it into me anyways. (laughs) Get me. Um, I loved his relationship with Ava and that he was like ride or die for her and loved her and like loved her as his person and that they like took care of each other. Um. I did drop a point because he ran like a petty ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Pussy ass bitch. A pab. Pab. Pab at the house. You know how he feels about pab. You know how he feels about pabs. We don't like him. We don't like him. <laughs> he did almost he almost did regain a point though. Or like a, like if we did half stars, he might have regained a half star with like the bursting into tears and like the clear like immediate apology. I'm so sorry I ran from you. Like, the clear apology. Not, like, trying to deflect. He was just like, I fucked up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I love you. Don't leave me. You know, like, I liked that, but we don't do half stars, so he stays at a four. I also gave Matt a four. Um, okay. For basically the same reasons that you gave Mal a four. Um, but I really, I did really like Mal. He, he gained points for me in the fact that he was just like a ride or fly fool for Ava, who yeah. I thought was just a massive fool in general. <laughs> you know, but he was like, yo, she was there for me, so I'm gonna be there for her, you know. And so I liked that he had that quality about him. I liked that he, when he first met Brooks, he was like, ooh, okay, you gay, I gay, yeah. we like, we uh-huh. cute. And then he okay. fi- and then he finds out that that's Ava's ex, and he's like, well, now I gotta hate this dude, man. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I really like that uh, about Mal. Um, so I gave Mal a four. I was like, nice. Yeah. What did you think? McDreamy to McSteamy. Where were we at in this book? I was in the McDreamy uh, feel. Like, I don't think it was ste- like enough to be steamy, but like uh-huh. it was definitely enough to be like, it was a soft love. I felt like even with the taint piercing and whatever, it was a soft love. So I'm going to say, uh, make yeah. it a dry may. Yes. I thought they were definitely McDreamy in the streets, but I thought Brooks was a little McSteamy in the sheets. Cause he was talking a little dirty talk, you know, like dirty talk. It too, it too, and, uh, and I also love when the main couple like cannot, like stop themselves like they're just so wanting you know yeah and so i liked that they both were like ripping clothes off and you know give it to me now please you know <laughs> yeah I like that. but i did feel like this book was that. vanilla uh, oh general. for sure yeah oh for sure for sure it for was sure. sexy you know and vanilla. sexy but sexy vanilla yes. sexy vanilla did right. you have a favorite line i did so the one thing i did like about this book a lot was that it was funny um, and I think humor can really redeem 
any anything that's going on in the book. So like there were some things that I didn't really enjoy so much, um, Ava specifically, but some stuff that didn't feel like that felt a little one dimensional. But I think the humor of the book really like added added a point for it. Yeah. Um, and I'll read a funny author over and over again, even I agree. just just because. You know, or whatever. So it's a good time. Um, Makes you happy. It's a good time. It does. Like you this know? book made me happy. Like I will say that this book just made me happy. I had a smile on my face the whole time I read it. This book just made me happy. It did. It's a happy book. And like you know, and, and it's, we met the authors, and it's fun to see their humor in person, and then read their humor in a book. Because um, mm-hmm. I feel, I feel like it really translates, and I also feel like. Yeah. Um, you can see how they're trying to make each other laugh in their writing. Yes, <laughs> you know. Yes. Um, so that was really good. So anyway, my favorite line um, of the book is this. Uh, so this is Ava um, talking to Mal and Mal responding. So Ava, I'm pregnant. Mal, when? <laughs> when? <laughs> we were together the whole time at the music festival. Wait, <laughs> seriously? You fucked a guy while sitting next to me? Ava, he told me he was a yoga instructor, but I just thought he was really bendy. <laughs> and I just thought that was a funny line. <laughs> that made me that made me laugh out loud for some reason. I was like, he was really bendy. I was like, you gotta fuck a dude who's really bendy. I mean, there's not that many dudes. You gotta who are really see bendy. what he's capable of. You, you gotta see. But PSA, uh, don't have unprotected sex with people at music festivals. That's probably one no, of the one God, of the no. worst places. That's- to have yes, on you're either getting an STD or pregnant immediately. Immediately, okay. And <laughs> then a, no other options. And then you're going to be one of those people who has to name their kid based on the location where they like were flower. born. Flower, yeah, yeah. You know, or you're going to have a kid named Dead Mouth. You know, just yes, just don't yes. do it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Unless it's your like committed partner, maybe if you want to. Yeah. Okay, fine, but not a stranger. Not don't a stranger. do it with a stranger. <laughs> Use a condom. <laughs> so my favorite line, I already mentioned it, but I actually wrote it down, uh, is, I'm sorry I ran. I admitted in a whisper. I'm sorry I let you. He said right back. And I just thought that was a very sweet ending to a very sweet story. But I totally agree. This book had tons of funny, funny parts. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a favorite review? I do. I liked Carol, Goodreads Addict. She rated it five stars. She said, Fakers is a standalone male-male romance by Lucy Lennox and May Archer. This is my second book by Lucy and my first by May. First, just let me get this out of the way. I love this book so much. That's all caps. That's why I shouted, you guys. I want to move to this crazy town and live there forever. I want to be besties with all these characters. And I thought, you know, I felt the same. I love this book. I thought it was super fun. I would love to revisit the town. Like I said, I immediately read the second book in the series. <laughs> so check out patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance to get that review. And I just thought it was great. I liked it. All right. So my favorite review, I'm going to like paraphrase because people write books on Goodreads. So many reviews. <laughs> so, so, so long. So long. Um, so I'm just going to pick out the parts that I was like, I agree with this. Right. So. Although to be fair, Shawnee, we do a whole podcast review. So who's doing the longer one? <laughs> I mean, you write. <laughs> I just thought of that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but talking and then sitting there and like typing out all this stuff. 
Yeah, five thousand words. And with the gifts, all the all the yeah, gifts, the gifts that man. go with it. Do they have a gift library that they're going through? Like they put so many. I don't know so much art in there, but posts. they're hilarious. A lot of times these yeah. are hilarious, and I'm just like, yo, yeah. y'all doing the mostest right now. The mostest. <laughs> uh, but my favorite review came from Rin, who rated it three stars, and it said, "Cute, humorous, and easy to read. Nothing spectacular, but overall enjoyable." Uh, and which is kind of how I feel about the book. I was like, it's a solid read for me. It's a solid three. Like it'll get get you what you need for exactly what it is. Um, and then she also wrote, uh, it took me some time to warm up to Ava. She was acting really petty at first. Damn, that woman can hold a grudge. Um, <laughs> it honestly felt very rushed, very instant love ish, um, which I very much agree with because um, I did think it was fast. It took me way longer into their relationship to feel the feels that it didn't happen right away from me. It happened closer to the end of the book. Um, mm. The big stupid misunderstanding trope due to severe lack of communication. <laughs> she also wrote that. Um, like, seriously, they never even had a conversation about the future of their relationship. Not that they had that much time for actual talking within the few days, but hey, they didn't stop but hey, that didn't stop Mal from jumping to unreflected conclusions based on something he overheard. Um, again, I like I don't like that. I don't like these big misunderstandings that could be cleared up with, you know, a 60 second conversation. Um, right. When those are put in books, especially at the very end of books, they just kind of tell me that the author needed something to needed a mechanic to get these characters to separate and didn't have much to do it with. And that mm-hmm. and I don't, I just don't like that. It's not my favorite. Yeah. It's not your favorite. I'm a favorite. It's not my favorite. I gave it a four. I thought this book was charming as fuck and super fun. And like I said, read book two. Very excited to read book three. I think, again, like the town was so fun. It was so fun to revisit in the next one. The next book, Shawnee, is about the guy who owns the salvage yard. Mm. Yes, and he's big and he's brawny and he's got a lot of tattoos. You know that's my thing. I know. Yeah, that's my thing. He's a mountain of a man. Stop talking dirty to me, Bridge. Stop talking dirty to I me, know. Bridge. I'll talk dirty if I want to. Sonny. I'll talk dirty if I want to. Lumber sexual. Also, yes. And also like the I know. I, I think I might have liked that one more than this one, even though I thought this one was also charming. Um, but yeah, great. I liked it. Four stars. Definitely would recommend, especially if you just want like a fun, happy read. Like there's it's pretty low angst, um, even though like the backstory of Ava and Brooks is very angsty. It's in terms of it influencing the story. It's very low angst. Yeah. Like they get over it really early in the story and they just move past it. And I liked that because I and I liked that they covered serious issues like the town accepting him and how he felt in high school, how he didn't feel like he could be himself and be out. I felt like they covered it in a way that was not like super heavy handed. Yeah. I thought this book could have gotten very like preachy in another author's hands where there's like too many issues, too much <laughs> issues. Um, yeah. And issues are obviously very important. Uh, but also sometimes it's equally important to just have two characters who fall in love and live happily ever after. And that's what this book was. Yeah. 
I agree. I agree with you. I think it's worth the read, especially if you want something yeah. like a light, fun, male, male, like yeah. situation, if that's your thing. Yeah. This is, I think this is yeah. a, a solid like book for that. Yeah. And I could see yeah. how the later books would get better and better because I'll yeah. always book one, which is the setup book, is always just yep. a little bit like worse than the other books, you know, because it has a yep. lot of heavy lifting to do. Yep. Um, but now once you get to book two, you already know about the town. You don't have to do all, you know, they don't right. have to re-engage all this stuff. So, I mean. Yeah, and you get to re- revisit, like they're in book two as now side characters who are friends with this new couple. Yeah. Or this like upcoming couple. So you get to like, you know, have some moments where you get to like, you know, like remember cute things that happened to them in past. Oh, okay, that's cute. You know, obviously you like deepen the relationship with the town. Um, and I'm very excited for book three um, because book three is going to be um, Brooks's brother. Oh, okay. Dunn and his best friend, who's a guy. But Dunn is straight and his best friend is not straight. But they are going dun, to dun, fall dun, dun. And I'm excited about that because, A, I just want to see how they handle it. But also, they're they're in book two quite a bit more. And Got so you it. get to, like, meet them and get into that relationship more. And then you're, like, by the end of book two, you're, like, come on and be together. It's so obvious. <laughs> you're in love. It's so obvious. <laughs> you could you could be so happy. <laughs> if you just drop those heteronormative shackles that you were raised with, you could be so happy. <laughs> Oh man, oh I feel gosh, like hilarious. we would all be happier if we dropped some of the shackles that we were, you know. Amen to that. And it, and Amen. you know the craziest thing to me I think about all the time, right? Because you know I grew up in a super religious home. Like, yes. like there's we literally just teach our kids things that we were taught with no with like not any basis for why we are teaching these things. So it's like my mom taught us stuff because her mom taught her stuff and her mom taught her stuff right. because her mom taught her stuff and whatever. And sure. we don't actually know where the root cause of some of the things that we were taught comes from. For sure. And a lot for of sure. it sometimes is irrelevant, right? So there's like this doula story um, that they always tell, you know, when you become a new doula, which is that um, there was this mom who she would you know, cut the end of her of her rump roast off every Christmas and throw away the end, you know, and cook the rump roast and whatever. And her daughter, like, you know, starts her own holiday. She gets the rump roast. She cuts the back off, whatever. Um, and that's how she always cooks it. And one day, you know, her mom is there with her and her mom's like, well, why are you cutting the back off? She's like, mom, you always cut the back off. And the mom's like, yeah, because my pan was too short for the back of the rump roast. <sighs> You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I like that. That's a good. I'm gonna use that, Shawnee. That's a good one. And so, like, you know, I think it's important uh, us as people to just ask ourselves: Why are we doing a thing? Does it really matter? Where is it coming from? Is it coming from safety? Did our parents need to do that because that's what kept them safe? You know, sure. uh, when they were growing up, but we no longer have those same concerns or need to do those things. So, le- like, yeah. instead of passing on things that no longer serve us, like we need to drop those shackles and kind of and and ask ourselves and identify what they are. And that's yeah. you know, that's it. That's all. That's for me. great advice. Well, you guys, you heard it here first. Worth a read and a good time. 
We hope that you enjoy this episode of Romance at a Glance. We thank you so much for listening and for being our besties. Shani, shall we uh, send the kids on their way? May your books be your lover, dear friends. And your hands, your best friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.